Hello everyone, this is uh, Father Nathan and St. Patrick's Day and so happy St. Patrick's Day to you and we have this amazing technology been able to record and uh, this is the first time so we're just going to do it, it's going to be a little rough, uh, sound quality might be not be the best but we're going to do it anyway. Um, so why are we doing this? Let me tell you, because uh, we need to stay connected. Uh, in this time where we are, by these unusual circumstances, uh, uh, social distancing, we need to remain uh, in communion and we need to remain in community. So in communion, first of all, uh, we need to stay in a state of grace. Uh, that is communion with our Lord. So we stay in the state of grace by one, not sinning, and two, by uh, keeping a heart that is set on our Lord, staying away from the near occasions of sin, not letting ourselves be lax in this time, because if once we get lax, then it's easy to fall. It's easy to slip down that slope of sin, uh, which is... Yeah, and then where we are, where are we? We're at the bottom. But so we got to stay, uh, stay connected to our Lord, avoiding sin and all near occasion of sin. Secondly, confession is still available in these times. Uh, we hear confessions at St. Peter's at uh, seven o'clock in the morning and at eight o'clock at night. Uh, as long as we don't have too big a crowd, it should be good. We periodically wipe down the church, and uh, and if we were if things were to get more serious than they are right now, we would still find a way to hear confessions. Uh, that's something that will not go away. Um, even even if there is a quarantine, I do believe that priests are are allowed to offer the sacraments uh, even in time of a national state. Uh, statewide or national-wide quarantine so that we do everything we can to provide the sacraments so that we can all stay in the state of grace. That's the number one most important thing. Second thing uh, is to have our hearts set on our Lord to, um, if we can't receive communion, there still are at this time, to there uh, our masses that are happening not too far uh, in Rockford, St. John Johnsburg, St. Patrick's, St. Uh, Mary's, uh, and those are the closest ones to us. Uh, so some people are still going there. I know that uh, there is a limit of 50 people, so I'm not sure how they're going to deal with that, but obviously they'll tell you. But go to communion if you can, though we cannot offer uh, masses here know that we are uh, offering the intentions for the mass as as are scheduled and we are offering mass for the parish so if you are a member of uh, St. Peter Parish we are offering a mass for your intentions so one thing to do is to make a spiritual communion spiritual communion is uh, make the intention of our heart to receive our Lord in the Eucharist, even though we cannot actually receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ in the Eucharist, we can still 
make that intention. So, uh, and we can do that more more than once a day. Um, we can do that many times during the day. Keep our hearts set on the Eucharist. Uh, one thing that a spiritual director told me once in seminary was that he likes to uh, imagine himself in front of the tabernacle, to put in his imagination, in his mind, I am in front of the tabernacle, and then to be in that place in his imagination, to con converse with our Lord. And sometimes that will help us focus in prayer to say, to remember where, okay, where do I go to pray? And put that place in my mind, then I can have this conversation with our Lord, and I can stir up in my heart uh, devotion and love for our Lord. So that's, so we got to stay in communion. Stay away from sin. Uh, stay connected to our Lord. Find out how we can serve others too, right? Love God, love our neighbor. How can we serve others? Uh, who's in need around me that I can, that I can help? That's simply the question that we need to answer with action. So that's uh, communion. And then the second one flows from that community. How do we stay in community? Um, there are still things we can do as a family, uh, reaching out to people. We have a lot of technology, phones, and you know, all the different ways to connect to people. Uh, don't, let, uh, don't let people be alone. You know? Don't let them uh, fall away from being in community. Uh, there's a lot of people who regularly, even regularly, don't have a lot of community and now are even more uh, susceptible to that alienation and that loneliness. So let's let's keep them, let's, let's keep it together. Now there's a quote from C.S. Lewis that perhaps you've seen uh, a couple of places posted, but I want to bring it up because it's a great quote and C.S. Lewis is talking, uh, this is in time of war, perhaps World War II, this is a quote. The first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts. Not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. That's C.S. Lewis. And... Uh, that's a great, it's a great point. You know, we can overdose on information about the virus. Uh, we can, the news updates are, you know, it's great that we have them, but we don't need to hear about every little thing that happens. We're going to know when, when something happens. If we check it once a day, we'll be more than uh, more than informed about the, what's going on. People will let us know. So let's spend our time doing other things. Let's spend our time doing uh, doing some good project. Uh, one thing that I've seen people do is build home altars, right? A shrine, a place of prayer in the center of the home. And even if you have a home altar, this is the time perhaps to make it more substantial, to, to beautify it, to add something to it. Um, you know, you know, I know moms are so good at uh, all the different crafts. You know, you've got your little saint, uh, the peg dolls, and you've got the uh, different uh, crafts that 
um, bring, you know, with images of the saints and uh, we can paint a crucifix, we can draw an image of the Sacred Heart, Immaculate Heart, and, you know, there's, let's do something. Let's keep doing what we do uh, and let's uh, spend this time in a profitable manner. Another thing, uh, we could just waste this time away, say, well, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a write-off. You know, that idea of, oh, well, everything's canceled, so everything's written off. Well, let's keep going. You know, life life keeps on going. Family keeps on going. This is a time to use the term invest in our future, you know, to, you know, I need to read a book that I've, that I've not read yet, that I've wanted to read. I need to uh, establish myself in prayer in Christ in a way that I never have before. I need to draw close to uh, those things that are good and profitable for me and for my family and for others. So let's do that. Uh, let's do that. Let's not be discouraged. Let's not uh, be overcome by fear. You know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of peace and of love and of a sound mind. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Daniel. Azariah stood up in the fire and prayed aloud, For your name's sake, O Lord, do not deliver us up forever, or make void your covenant. Do not take away your mercy from us, and for the sake of Abraham your beloved, Isaac your servant, and Israel your holy one to whom you promised to multiply their offspring like the stars of heaven or the sand on the shore of the sea. For we are reduced, O Lord, beyond any other nation, brought low everywhere in the world this day because of our sins. We have in our day no prince, prophet, or leader, no burnt offering, sacrifice, oblation, or incense, no place to offer first fruits to find favor with you, but with contrite heart and humble spirit, let us be received as though it were burnt offerings of rams and bullocks or thousands of fat lambs. So let our sacrifice be in your presence today as we follow you unreservedly. For those who trust in you cannot be put to shame. And now we follow you with our whole heart. We fear you and we pray to you. Do not let us be put to shame, but deal with us in your kindness and great mercy. Deliver us by your wonders, and bring glory to your name, O Lord. The Word of the Lord. Remember your mercies, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, my Savior. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your kindness are from of old. In your kindness remember me, because of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice, he teaches the humble his way. Remember your mercies, O Lord. Even now, says the Lord, Return to me with your whole heart, for I am gracious and merciful. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. <clears throat> Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children and all his property in payment of the debt. At that the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had him put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Azariah is standing in the fire, and he prays to God from the midst of the fire. God has made his, his people a promise um, to that their offspring would be like the stars of heaven, sand on the shore of the sea. That was the promise he made to Abraham. And yet here they are persecuted for not worshiping the uh, the great idol. Um, they are remained faithful to our Lord, and now they are in the fire. From this fire, he prays. He calls on God to remember God's promise, recognizing that. It, uh, that they have sinned. He says, We are reduced, O Lord, beyond any other nation. We have uh, brought low everywhere in the world this day because of our sins. When we see what's happening in the world today with this virus, the pandemic, um, the question is, is this God's punishment for us. God has promised us so many, he has promised us eternal life. He has promised us that, too that we would be blessed. 
in this life, even in persecution, even in times of difficulty, though those will be present in this life, yet we will be blessed. And so we say, we recognize that God has made a promise to us. When we enter into baptism, we enter into the journey toward heaven, already in grace in this life. Yet we are reduced, O Lord, beyond any other nation, brought low everywhere in the world. And it's because of our sin. We know this. Now, we can't look at one person and say, that person sinned, therefore this punishment. We don't have that knowledge uh, of that person's soul, of any particular person's soul. Um, but we do know generally that it is true. There are two kinds of evil in the world. There is moral evil and physical evil. Moral evil is that evil which um, is to do what is wrong. And because of moral evil, the effect of it, uh, the punishment for that is physical evil. So death entered into the world after disobedience, right? The disobedience of Adam and Eve. Death entered into the world and sickness and a disordered soul, disordered passions viruses, uh, disease, all those things entered in the world because of sin. So we can say with certainty that in some way this is punishment for sin. Now there's a saying too that um, God always forgives. People sometimes forgive. Nature never forgives. So once you start messing with nature, you are, um, you're going to suffer the consequences. If you disobey the law of gravity and walk off a cliff, you will fall down. Uh, you cannot disobey the law of gravity. Uh, people, you can offend people, you can offend a societal code, uh, and you can be forgiven of that. You won't always be forgiven. Um, People sometimes forget, but God always forgives. God always forgives. He's, he wants nothing more than to forgive. He wants all of us to be united with him. And if we are away from him, to be reunited with him. And if we are uh, united with him, but not perfect, he wants us to be perfectly united with him in his grace uh, and ultimately with him in heaven. So there is physical evil. And that physical evil is taking right now the uh, the form of this virus which is spreading. People are suffering and people are dying from it. I know we, we need to do what is prudent uh, to uh, to keep people alive, to keep the spread of the virus, the disease. Um, and yet, in some way, there is something that we have to accept. We have to accept the punishment of disobeying nature, diso God's law that he has established in nature, 
and with that, and more importantly, disobeying God's law, right? Um, I don't need to go very far to see all the ways that in the world, nations, peoples have disobeyed God's laws. We are, we are trying to form a world in our own image and making of ourselves as a giant idol, right? Um, worshiping an image just as um, Azariah was one of those uh, who were called to, um, told to bow down in front of the idol. And yet they didn't. But many people did. So they are standing in the fire. So we're in the fire. And let's return to this scripture. We have in our day no prince, prophet, or leader, no burnt offering, sacrifice, or oblation, or incense, no place to offer first fruits to find favor with you. We consider, we can, this can resonate with us certainly, who... Uh, do not are not able to have public masses because of this. So there's some punishment, and it's we can say ultimately due to sin. Um, but we call out to our Lord whenever we are in trouble. You know, whenever we have sinned, the right response is a contrite heart. To ask God to for his forgiveness. He wants to forgive us above all things. But we have to be open to receive it. And as we, if, if we cease to receive it, God has to wake us up in order that we will be able to receive it again. I think it was a wake-up call when public masses were canceled. Whether that was the best thing to do or not. Someone had to make the call. They made the call. Uh, that public masses had to be canceled. And um, and so people realized all of a sudden, wait, I really need to receive the Eucharist. You know, uh, myself personally, as growing up in Canada, became Catholic in the middle of the wilderness. Sometimes we were not able to get to Mass because it was so far away and there were uh, if it would snow and the snow plows weren't out, we would be, uh, there just would be no way to get to Mass. But we had a great desire to receive the Eucharist. It was, it became everything to us because it was, it was so rare. I remember it caused us to start all sorts of devotions. We had a chapel that, uh, that we, uh, that we built basically, or a, a log cabin that we turned to a chapel. And my sister and I used to uh, go there at three o'clock to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And we would run there. We'd say, run DMC? I'm like, yeah, run, Divine Mercy Chaplet. And we'd run and go to the chapel and we'd pray there. And even in the middle of winter, we didn't stop to make a fire. And sometimes it was like minus 20, minus 30, but we'd go there and we'd pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And we loved to do that. And we loved to be praying because we had a hunger and a desire for the Eucharist. I think all of us can have uh, this time in as much as we cannot receive the Eucharist, um, we can in our hearts grow to love God more so that when we do have access to the Eucharist, that we will receive it with such a, with a, an open heart. This is a, a contrite heart too, right? It begins with a contrite heart. 
that we recognize that we have sinned and that we are unworthy, and a humble spirit that we have to put ourselves beneath our Lord, and then he raises us up. So we're in this time, but God will bring great good out of it, and he wouldn't allow this to happen unless he was going to bring good out of it. So let us uh, pull ourselves together and uh, turn with all our hearts to our Lord, to be sorry for our sins, and to prepare ourselves for the next time that we will receive the Eucharist. Make lots of spiritual communions. Um, Lord, I am not uh, I am not able to receive you at this time, um, but come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as though you were already there. God bless you, and let us pray for one another in this time. Let us ask God to have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.